0: Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. All right, here we go. Flyers Daily for Saturday, March 12th, as the Flyers get set to take on the Carolina Hurricanes in Raleigh coming up this afternoon, 3 o'clock. Matinee hockey, the first of a back-to-back, the middle game of three in four days. They'll wrap up the three and four days tomorrow back at Wells Fargo Center against the Montreal Canadiens. Now, the opponent today, when we talked the other day on the podcast, about facing Florida and Carolina. We were talking about facing the three and two teams from points percentage standpoint in the NHL. And that's not the case anymore. Carolina, now the number one team in the entire National Hockey League in points percentage. They have moved ahead of the Colorado Avalanche, points percentage of .746. 57 games played. How about a record of 40, 12, and 5 on the season? They are an absolute... Juggernaut this season and sitting in top the top spot of the Metropolitan Division with those eighty-five points, eight one and one in their last ten, and they've won three straight games coming into this one today. All right, let's look at the particulars when it comes to a team like Carolina, top points percentage team in the NHL. When it comes to goals per game, goals for games played, they rank number they rank number eight in the NHL at three point three seven. Goals allowed per games played. How about they are the least scored upon team in the entire NHL? 2.35 goals per game. 25.3 on the power play. Yep, that's right up there near the top as well. Number four in the NHL. Only teams are behind Toronto, the Rangers, and the Blues. Actually tied with the Blues. Actually tied with the Blues for third with that 25.3%. Up a 10th on the Boston Bruins. Penalty kill. How about number one in the NHL? They've been killing penalties off at basically nine out of every 10. 89.1%. They're three percentage points higher than the number two team in the NHL, which is San Jose. Unbelievable. We talked about a team like St. Louis earlier uh, when the Flyers were playing the Blues and how they ranked in all these different categories of goals for, goals allowed, power play, and penalty kill. And how I said that that's a team that I think is dangerous because they're good in all of those areas. They they make you pay when you take a penalty. They're able to kill off the penalty when they take one. They're a good five-on-five. Five. They got structure. They don't give up a lot of goals, and they can score. I mean, that's, that's like the recipe, right? Well, Carolina has got it even more pronounced than the St. Louis Blues. If I'm doing a power rankings for the NHL right now, and this isn't because their point percentage is number one in the NHL, I look at all facets of that team, the goaltending that they've gotten from Freddie Anderson, the coaching they get from Rod Brindamore, the depth on the blue line, the depth up front, the high-end talent, the role players, it's all there. They check every box. Can they win the Cup this year? Sure. Will they? I don't know. That, the Stanley Cup playoffs are, it's not the best team that wins all the time. They're in a great position to do so, though. So it's the Flyers and the Canes coming up today at 3 o'clock down in Raleigh. And like I said, the Flyers will be back tomorrow at home to take on the Montreal Canadiens. But in this episode, a bit of a rough day at the Mertitas household. Um, So I put it on Twitter. Uh, We had to put our dog down yesterday. And when you have to put the family dog down, it's about the worst thing you could ever deal with. And then you can magnify it by 10 when you have three young kids and you have to watch them say goodbye to your dog. So I didn't have a lot of time. I've been taking care of my family. Didn't have a lot of time to really deep dive into some other subject on this episode of Flyers Daily. So I decided, you know, let's let the people help. So I put a tweet out and I just said, it's been a rough day at the Mertitas household. So let's take some questions for tomorrow's Flyers Daily episode. Drop any and all Flyers questions here and I'll get to a bunch on tomorrow's podcast, which is this podcast, the one you're listening to. So let's get to the questions. We got sunk. Yard and Barler. Kev tweets in and says, there's so many questions and yet I feel like they've all been answered or at least talked about. But he said, what do you think is the number one priority for the offseason? Coach, forward, defense? What is Jason's pick for the next coach and big name we try to obtain? Now, I've kind of talked about this with Bill Meltzer and talked about it here on the podcast quite a bit, that to me, the most important thing, like what you listed, coach, forward, defense, I go D, all of the above. They're all of equal importance. But at the top of that list, ahead of those three things, are figuring out what you want to be, what the identity of the team is, what the identity of the franchise is, and how it's best suited to move forward. But the big key is having that identity that you don't you know, kind of, that you don't kind of stray from. This is what we are. This is what we're going to be. We're going to pick players that fall into this category. And if we bring players in and they fall into that category, they stay. If they don't, then we got a problem. I look at the the Pittsburgh Steelers. And year in and year out, they draft players and they draft to their identity. They're a team that's got six Super Bowls. Uh, They have incredible stability because they know who they are. And I think that's the first thing they got to figure out. As far as a coach goes, that really depends on what the route is they decide to take in the offseason. Is it a veteran team they're trying to push to win now and they grab a couple high end free agents? Then certain coaches are the right guy for that. If it's a young team and developmental situation, then there's other coaches. You know, the same coach doesn't apply for both of those positions. So how that plays out remains to be seen. But obviously at forward, they need high-end talent. Uh, The defense, they need help there as well. So all of those things you mentioned are on the list. But the most important thing on my list is figuring out the identity and DNA of the franchise. Shane Rowan tweets in. He says, "Uh, Jason, sorry for your loss uh, to you and your family. Thank you very much. He says, I've been seeing lots of people think the Risto signing means Sanheim is getting traded this offseason. He said, I see it the other way, that he's for sure staying now. What do you think? Well, Darren Dreger put that out there, that in light of the risto in signing, teams may be interested in a player like Travis Sanheim, who's playing well this year and is, has one year left on his deal. Those players that have one year left that take them up to unrestricted free agency are always really intriguing at the deadline because a team gets— This postseason with him, the remainder of this season and a postseason, and then they get all of next season. And if things work out and things go well and the player likes the team, the team likes the player, they extend them. So it's a a unique circumstance where you get two kicks at the can with the one player. But I tend to agree with you. That doesn't seem to make sense to me. The area that I have a problem with is you found two players that have chemistry and work well together. Now, Sandheim and Ristalinen, uh, they're not a top pairing, but those two players have found a way to really gain some chemistry. And I don't know that you want to mess with that. So I, I don't think Sandheim being traded is something they're looking to do. Do you listen? Absolutely. You listen to anything, and if a team's willing to overpay and you get tremendous value, then I have no problem. But I don't think it's something that they're looking to do based on the fact that those two have really developed a good chemistry together and play well together. T. Houston tweets in. He says, sorry for the dog. Uh, thank you very much. And he says, honest question. The Flyers basically have little to no cap room next year, even before trying to re-sign or replace G. Is there any GM in the league that could turn this ship around? Seems like they are hoping to luck out on trade just to scratch at the playoffs. Well, their cap situation next year is going to be far different. Uh, they will have cap space next year. So they're not a team that, is going to be devoid of being able to make moves or, or make acquisitions. Right now, they are at $84.8 million, basically, their cap. Next year, they will be, with just the players coming off that are UFAs, $72,652,000. So they will have cap space next year. How they use it and if they try and grow more, that remains to be seen. There's obviously some candidates that you could look at and say, okay, can we move some money out? And you look at a guy for example, like James Van Reemsdyke, who's got one year left and a seven million dollar cap hit. That's a guy that could grow that from, you know, I mean that could open you up another seven million dollars on your salary cap. Then obviously how you handle some of your unre- or your restricted free agents as well. You look at guys there like Zach McEwan, uh, Morgan Frost is a restricted free agent. Uh, they don't have a lot of them right now, so that's not a huge concern. And then obviously the big names that are coming off the books are Claude Giroux. Here's all the unrestricted free agents. Claude Giroux, he makes eight point two seven five. Uh, Derek Broussard, who's making eight hundred twenty five thousand. Uh, Jerry Mayhew who's making 800. He's an unrestricted free agent. And then Justin Braun is a UFA. Keith Yandel's a UFA. Kevin Connaughton's a UFA. And Nick Sealer are all UFAs. Couple that with Martin Jones. Now, some of those players will obviously be traded at the deadline. Uh, Nate Thompson, also an unrestricted free agent this offseason. So a couple of those players will be moved. Probably Martin Jones. Probably uh, Justin Braun. Possibly Keith Yandel. Possibly Derek Broussard, if he can stay healthy then obviously Claude Giroux as well. So they will have cap space uh, to manipulate and get some things done next year. And I do want to remind you too that, you know, back in the 18-19 season, the Flyers had 82 points that year in 82 games, the last year of Dave Haxtell slash Scott Gordon. That offseason they went out and they basically made three moves. They brought in three new players. They brought in Kevin Hayes, which obviously was the big signing. And it was a good thing they did because their second-line center, Nolan Patrick at the time, was unable to play that entire next season. But Kevin Hayes came in, Matt Niskanen came in at 33 years of age, and the other player was Tyler Pitlick. Those three players, none of them world beaters, came in, and the next year they had 89 points in 69 games. So seven more points in 13 less games that following year. A lot can change because it slots guys in the proper place. Next question comes from, oh, my buddy, Colin Thompson, the pride of Temple University and tight end for the Carolina Panthers and a huge Flyers fan. And Colin says, Why is there so much sadness about this season and this team? He said, yeah, it sucks to lose. It sucks when players get injured. But this is what the franchise needs, a high draft pick, make trades to gain more talent and picks, time to reset for a two- to three-year rebuild. You have a legit goalie. Totally agree. You do have a legit goalie. Um, Carter, it wasn't a perfect game by him against Florida. That's a tough team to play against, and obviously they were pretty overwhelming at points in the game. But they do have a legit goalie. If you don't have a goalie, you're looking for a goalie. And like Colin would know this, if you don't have a quarterback in the NFL, you're looking for a quarterback in the NFL because you can't win without it. But um, look, injuries have played a part this season. I've been kind of trying not to talk about that element of it because every team goes through injuries, but the Flyers have been bit by the injury bug a bit more than a lot of teams. I mean, they're going to average over six injured players per game so far this season. Six. I mean, that's a hard thing to overcome. When you lose your top-line center, your Selkie award winner, Sean Couturier, you lose your top-pairing right-side defenseman in Ryan Ellis, you lost Hayes in the beginning of the year, you lost Faraby. I mean, we know who the injuries are. It's very difficult to overcome that. Maverick tweets in and says, "Sorry for your loss, Jason, thank you. Um, Any word on when or if Ellis is getting surgery or a treatment plan? Thanks. Um, I think that I think it looks like he's getting surgery. I think that's what Chuck Fletcher said. and I think we're probably looking maybe even like this week. mid-March is kind of the timetable that I recall them mentioning. So probably, you know, next week or 10 days, I would think that Ellis would get surgery. That way, it gives him time to recover from the surgery and then have a normal off-season of preparing for a season. Generally, after a surgery, it's going to be anywhere from 8 to 12 weeks, three months, basically, then after that. So if you get it done in mid-March, then you're in mid-April, mid-May, mid-June, take a little time off as you first you recover from the surgery, and then you get back on the ice sometime in July in preparation for the season next year. Um, Vasili tweets in, at Fly Red Up. Vasili's a good dude, guitar player too. He said, "Uh, what center do you believe the Flyers should target this offseason, either through trade or free agency? The trade market's hard to talk about now because we don't know who's available. And we're more dealing with the silly season stuff of trade deadline. But when you look at the free agents and centers that are available on that market, I mean, obviously, Philip Forsberg is a guy that was, is very attractive. He's not even 28 yet, a big 6'1", 205-pound center, right-handed shot, uh, averages more than a point per game. That's a guy that I've got a ton of interest in. Makes $6 million now, going to get a substantial raise. I mean, I think you're you're talking about a contract that probably starts at 8.5 or with a 9. Uh, Tomas Hertel another guy. I, I know that he and San Jose were discussing an extension, He's not as dynamic a player as Philip Forsberg, um, but he's a good player. And he's another guy that gives you size up the middle, 6'2", 215-pounder. This season, he's getting paid $5.6 million. He's going to get a raise. But the other guy that has been mentioned as having just an unbelievable season is Nazem Kadri. I mean, he's got 72 points in 56 games, 22 goals, 50 assists. But there's a couple things about Kadri that worry me. Number one, He's almost 32. So big difference. You have Forsberg, not even 28. Hurdle is just turned 28 about five or six months ago. Kadri is going to be 32 when the season starts next year, number one. Um, also, six foot, 192 pounder, big guy, plays with an edge. I like all those aspects. I just don't know if his game will age really well. And he is careering it, and he's going to get paid for it at the perfect time, contract year. That scares me. That's one that I have a lot of pause when I think about a guy like Nazem Kadri. If he was 28, it would be different, but he's not. All right, we'll get to one more here, and there's been a lot of conversation on social media. Timmy B tweeted in and said, not much of a question, but moving Provy would be a huge step back, in my opinion. And I got a bunch of questions regarding Provorov, because his name has been out there in a lot of speculation and, and a lot of rumors in the last day or so. And... You know, he's not having a great season. We know that. And it's been very up and down and more down than up. And he has been affected by not having a steady partner or a legit top-pairing right-side partner. Uh, But that being said, there's a lot being said out there right now. And I just want to caution people that at this time of year, when everybody in the NHL, general managers, cap guys— agents, coaches, organizations, players, everybody's jockeying for some kind of position. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of news and a lot of stuff that gets leaked out there. And I just caution people because when you hear information or things leaked out there, you have to always go, okay, what's the upside to this information getting out there? And what is the purpose of it? It, Every piece of information that gets out has an agenda. What is the agenda? Is the agenda to to damage a player like Ivan Provorov? Damage his value? Is the agenda to divert from Ivan Provorov, uh, well, to Ivan Provorov from Travis Sanheim? You know, there was another report that was put out there that, you know, the market has really soured on Claude Giroux because he really wants to stay with the Flyers, and people aren't sure if he'd be committed to a long playoff run somewhere else away from his family. I call total BS on that. I mean, that just sounds to me like GM's putting that out there to try and limit the amount of teams interested and lower the price. I don't buy that for a minute. All of the information you hear at Silly Season, which is right now, and will be up until the 21st at the trade deadline, all has an agenda. Consider that when you read the information. Is there truth to any of the stuff? Possibly. I don't know. But you got to be careful, especially at this time of year, when teams are jockeying for position, jockeying for leverage in trade talks, and agents are jockeying not only for their player to go to a certain place, but also what they're going to get paid if they're on an expiring deal. So a lot to consider there. There's a lot of information out there. I don't know who sources or who has source information and who doesn't. And who's glomming onto other reports, I have no idea. But just remember that, that anything that gets out right now is it's got an agenda and you got to kind of wade through that to figure out what's real and what's not what's agenda driven and what's real all right everybody enjoy the game today flyers canes we'll break it down tomorrow we'll also preview flyers canadiens and we'll do that on tomorrow's brand new episode of flyers daily have a great saturday everybody